to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 240 of the Lat Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. What a big night uh, that kind of came about unexpectedly. It's 240. Love round numbers. We're just adding to that that list. We're going to have 241 on Thursday. Uh, hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Lat Traffic Nation, guess what? This week's show is brought to you by Angry Brew. That's right. New sponsor. Roast the competition. Be the first to the finish line with Five Lakes Angry Brew. Angry Brew is a massively caffeinated, amazing tasting, high octane, power packed fuel that you need to start your day and get you through the day. When you need a power up, reach for Angry Brew. Coffee with a punch. Uh, Guys, I got to tell you. So here's how that all came about. Angry Brew sent this massive giveaway box like there's got to be at least 20 hats, T-shirts, mugs, coffee, um, uh, hero cards, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, guys, thank you. So that was so generous. That was the most generous donation for me to be able to give away to you guys as giveaways. I'm like, hey, how about you guys come on board as a sponsor for the rest of the season? And they were like, you know what? Yeah, that that sounds pretty good to us. And so here they are, which is fantastic. Um, You know, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a coffee drinker. But hey, it's a Michigan-based company. I'm from Michigan. Let's support them. Now, my wife, Lindsay, she is a coffee drinker. I gave her some of the, I gave it to her this morning, and and she loved it. It is absolutely incredible if you're a coffee drinker. so go to uh, angrybrew.com, Five Lakes Coffee, uh, all the Instagram, social media, Twitter, all that's there. We'll be interacting with each other. Go get yourself some Angry Brew for sure. Uh, and that said, I've got two massive giveaways that are going live tonight, one on Twitter, one on Instagram. That's right. We're going to give it away in two different spots. Try to build the Instagram account up, get us some followers, get them some followers, I'm jacked about that. That's so huge. Uh, that that got finalized this afternoon, which is sweet. So I'm I am really excited about that. So uh, go check out Twitter and Instagram. Both are at Lap Traffic PC to see the giveaways and uh, and the rules for it. It's pretty simple. So uh, there's that. I'm pumped. All right. Well. 13 races and we are halfway through the regular season and we got 10 different winners uh you know and it's an unlikely pair maybe right now we look at it and go you know martin truex alex bowman are our two only multiple win winners this year uh it's it's not martin truex kyle bush or kevin harvick or martin truex denny ham you know how's that going to shape down the road i'm going to get into that in just a little bit with jeff striegel what about this weekend though oh it was beautiful up here in Metro Detroit. Tides finally changed. Sun was out. Temp was warm. Uh, Saturday helped Lindsay around the yard. She's got the house looking great with all the flowers, all that good stuff. Smoked some ribs on Sunday. Hung out with the neighbors. Watched some racing. Friday was cool. I got to tell you about Friday. Friday went to dinner with some friends that I haven't seen in probably 10, 15 years. Have had some phone calls over the years. Bumped into kind of thing. Uh, but uh, Friday was the first time that we actually were like, enough is enough. We need to go out, have some drinks. So uh, we uh, finally got that scheduled, booked, went, and had an absolute blast. Uh, let's see, show-wise. Oh, 
Hope you guys enjoyed last week's show with Josh Berry, Michael Carey, Dan Ryan. And I hope you guys checked out PETM last week with uh, yours truly on there. And I hope you guys listen to this show this week early because uh, Thursday, bonus show with Dustin Albino from jayski.com. We're going to dive deep into the Xfinity series, the Dash for Cash. Uh, so I'm going to save the Xfinity talk for Dustin on Thursday. Um, you know, there was no truck race. So a little change up to this week's format because uh, Jeff Striegel is going to be on. And we're going to get into a bunch of different topics, let me tell you. Uh, so, you know, uh, not going to have your typical race breakdown format because Jeff and I are just going to get into it. And then Dustin and I are going to get into it on Thursday from the Xfinity side of things. So if you guys have questions, send them over. Tweet me at LapTrafficPC, and I'll add them to the show sheet for Thursday with Dustin. Uh, coming up tonight, like I said, Jeff Striegel is going to be on. We're going to recap Dover, reset things where we're at halfway through the regular season. Social media shout outs, giveaway announcements, giveaway winners. Uh, Going to give away a uh, little Vaveline prize pack that I threw up there today. And then I'm really excited about this one. Ooh. Uh, there's some Kozlowski news. Uh, going to toss in the silly season there for a minute halfway through. Brian Newdorf is going to be on. Not only is he going to have the weather for Coda, but him and Aaron Studwell met for the first time today. Can't wait to hear about that. We've got your lucky dog lap down picks. We're crowning a segment one winner. Who picked up the segment one lap traffic fantasy win and hey it's a reset so we're uh, we're starting from scratch so much to do tonight it's episode 240 let's get things started let's get jeff striegel on the line all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line making his 16th appearance on the lap traffic podcast he is one of the legendary voices on mrn making the call each weekend and he is also one very excited track promoter as his track berlin raceway was the winner of the advance my track challenge picking up a fifty thousand dollar check welcome back to the lap traffic podcast jeff striegel sir good evening how are you I am well. I cannot believe that we are in number 16. I've enjoyed the previous 15. I know we're going to have a great show tonight. So it's good to be back with you. It's hard to believe that we are on the doorstep of summer, but it's not. It's right around the corner. Yes, it's amazing. The weather finally. You know, I mean, summer's like. A knocking on our door like you said and it's it's great i'm excited uh the summer stretch of the season always brings something exciting and and i'm, I'm stoked about that can't wait to talk about it with you uh it's it's been incredible having you on 15 times I don't care how many times it is, 30, 40, 50, I'm still going to be just blown away by your generous time that you give to the show, and I am so thankful for that. Always, you know that. And I think we come into this particular show, you know, maybe it just has to do with timing. You know, I don't know, but there's just so much going on in the world of NASCAR, and I know that you want to get to a, a variety of different topics, but you know, when you just take a look at the, the landscape for NASCAR right now, whether we want to talk about race teams, race drivers, race fans, race tracks, I mean, my goodness, there is just so many things going on just in the world of NASCAR that we could probably spend three or four hours 
I was, breaking it all down. So just it's just a could, cool time. We could probably do an hour on every one of those topics you just listened. Yeah. So we'll, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll scratch the surface with a couple of them. Jeff, let's start with the big news about Berlin Raceway picking up the win with the help of fans all over social media. Talk about, you know, your involvement with the track as people maybe saw you post about uh, Berlin, you know, a lot more over the, the last week or so. Talk about your emotion. Uh, when you found you guys made the cut to the top six in the last few days, talk a, talk about Berlin. Well, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I, you know, because you and I talked, you know, off air, you know, just how important that racetrack is to me. So you get it, um, you know, but it, it's been a place. In, and I like to tell this story. I'm guessing it was 75, 1975, give or take the first time that my dad took me to the racetrack and it was the Berlin Raceway. I'd actually been to the Speedrome prior, but I was too young, don't remember it. Speedrome in Grand Rapids, it was there, uh, but it was quickly replaced by the by the Berlin Raceway that was just down the street. And I and I can tell you that the first time I walked through the gates and I saw John Benson Sr. and Randy Sweet and Gordy Vanderlaan and some of the names that you know, people from around the country recognize I was hooked and I wanted to come back and I wanted to come back and watch. And then I wanted to come back and race. And I remember when I was 23 years old, I was sitting in the grandstands again with my dad and we were watching a class of cars called the NAMRA Formula Indies, mini champs. And I said, dad, we've got to have one of those things. We, you know, it's affordable. We could do this. And, um, you know, it took me a little bit of time to convince him. And he said, you know what, let's do this. And we ended up racing at Berlin. And of course, I think most people that have listened to your show have heard us talk about the race cars that I've owned out there and the charities that I've done and all that, all that stuff. It's all been amazing. If it hadn't been for Berlin, I would have never ended up at the Motor Racing Network because we brought radio to Berlin first, which led to the audition. All right, there's the backstory. And then this winter I was asked if I wanted to come and lead the team at Berlin. And I've had that conversation before. Maybe the timing wasn't right. Maybe the timing's not right right now. I don't know, <laughs> uh, Brandon, because, you know, I am doing motor racing network 31 weekends a year. It doesn't leave me a heck of a lot of time to do much else, but I said, yes, as long as you understand that it's going to be on a, a part-time basis, meaning that when I'm in town, I will devote my attention to Berlin Raceway. And then there's going to come a time when I have to devote my attention solely on the Motor Racing Network. We agreed to do that. And since basically the 1st of January, that's where I am basically Monday through Friday, give or take. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, you know, for, for the fans, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're a voice for the raceway, you know, social media, you know, you've got a following uh, th through your own, through MRN and all that. Uh, but talk about, you know, what are you doing on Tuesday afternoon at Berlin? You know, talk a little bit about, you know, what, what your day to day is when you are, you know, going to work with them. Well, I mean, think about a racetrack and whether we're talking about, again, competitors, whether we're talking about the track, the actual facility, concession stands, bleachers, restrooms. We have a staff of 80 
Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that work there. And so we have that. We're always the thing that I like. And, and I hope that the race fans that, that see Berlin recognize that I'm trying to be creative. We've added a brand new Key West style outdoor lounge right smack dab in the middle of our grandstand area we've got grandstands on one side grandstands on the other and this massive key west style outdoor lounge with lights and live music uh a major bar area a fire pit it it's already just in the three and a half weeks that we've been open we've already outgrown it i mean and i'm being serious we're actually i'm concerned what it's going to be like this weekend when the temperatures are 80 degrees when we shut down we've been racing when it's 50 and people are staying what's it going to be like when it's 80 so that's cool we we have a track within a track now brand new short track within the berlin raceway using the entire front straightaway we laid concrete down uh tomorrow i've got go-karts coming in to test on wednesday we have mini sprints micro midgets legend cars um mini cup cars and mini wedge cars all coming into test so there's a lot going on and that's just scratching the surface i think we have one of the most diverse schedules in the country as far as what we run there on a weekend and week out basis uh we're getting ready to launch uh a big uh public uh, a pr release regarding our super late model show coming up on june the 9th so all of that going on and then right smack dab in the middle of it came the opportunity that advanced auto parts gave us so it's just it's kind of crazy busy that's that that's incredible it's awesome that that track you know was able to to survive you know obviously i'm sure there's a bunch of tracks throughout the country uh that that probably maybe haven't opened their doors and the gates to, to the fans yet uh with, with COVID and all that uh it's great that you guys have, have been able to survive and, and thrive which is great uh big check 50 grand i mean i'm sure you know there's got to be an approval process on stuff but you know if, if jeff could could rewrite and sign that check over to anything he wants uh, what what would what would jeff be doing at the speedway well i'll tell you it, it's not a matter of what i would be doing it's what i you know it's what i told the public and it's what we plan to do um the first thing we want to do you know i'm passionate about kids you know yes, that yes um and so the very first thing we're going to do is we will form our very own nonprofit charity to support uh disadvantaged kids in and around grand rapids in the west michigan area and by that i mean the boys and girls clubs of west michigan big brothers big sisters and area schools so i'm i feel like the community has given to the Berlin Raceway, and now it's time for the Berlin Raceway to give back to the community even more so. We've always had a great relationship with the Helen DeVos Children's Hospital, the staff and the families there. This is a way to take it one step further. We're going to enhance the Turn 2 Hospitality Deck. That is a massive deck over there. We're going to make it even bigger, handicap accessible uh asphalt the areas leading up to it in order to hold and entertain some of the groups like i just mentioned we want to have these groups out on out at the racetrack and we will provide them with a complete evening and entertainment of auto racing you know we'll feed them we'll give them beverages we'll give them the whole opportunity we'll put a roof over the place we'll do all that and then finally real quickly 
we're celebrating 71 years as a racetrack at the Berlin Raceway, and so is our concession stand. So we don't need a 71-year-old concession stand. So what we'll do is we'll take some of the funds. We can't rebuild it, you know, with that kind of money, but we can certainly get the ball rolling, make some major enhancements, and all of that will be designed to give back to the race fans and, quite honestly, Brandon, the staff. Um, give the staff a better place to come to work on a Saturday night. So those are the three things that we are going to do with that money. That's incredible. I love that. I had goosebumps with you talking about that, man. I'm not even joking. Um, so let me ask you this with, with, with the, with, with the advance my track challenge, did you guys notice a big increase in, in social media followers, website hits, ticket sales? Like what, you know, from that side of things, what did this whole thing do for you guys? Um, I can tell you what it did. When I arrived in Dover this past weekend, I was greeted with a number of high fives and handshakes and fist bumps from people that I knew in the industry and a lot of people I didn't know. And I mean, it was everything from a, uh, a Jeff Burton coming up to me to say, hey, saw that race there, love the track, so proud of you, know, you guys over at the track, you know, to obviously my, my coworkers and my colleagues. But NASCAR officials, I mean, it really did make a social media splash, as you know. And so it's widely recognized that Berlin Raceway received, you know, won the vote, received the money. And I've just heard and been overwhelmed by the uh, amount of people that have come up to me and congratulated us on winning the winning the money and winning the challenge and and certainly i want to just take one second and say thank you to advance auto parts because how cool would it be to see five more or 10 more or 20 more vendors uh industry leaders like advance auto parts get involved in short track racing because like you said not every short track is going to succeed they're not going to make it through covid um, you know, we're, we're restricted in attendance. We still have bills to pay. Uh, we're still trying to put on entertainment value for the race fans and not everybody's going to survive. And I wish that quite honestly, I wish we could share that money with every single track across the country. We all recognize that would give everybody about $20 and that's not going <laughs> to do much. So, sure. you know, but I do applaud them and I, and I hope that other, manufacturers or distributors or people in our industry will recognize how important advanced auto parts and that promotion was to short tracks around the country and, and try to jump on board and do something on their own. Absolutely. That's great. I love that. Uh, uh, before we let's one more thing, and then we can get to some NASCAR talk. Uh, yeah, you mentioned all the different varieties uh, of, of racing and the different cars and classes and all that, that come. Uh, what are some of the events coming up over the next couple weeks? Where can people get tickets if they're local and, and are listening in Michigan or, or, you know, wherever, but uh, you know, what are some of the big events you guys got coming up well certainly we've got the arkham menard series uh highlighting our schedule the arkham menard series yes ty gibbs and Corey heim and nick sanchez and all of those drivers that you're seeing on tv will be here on tv you can see it in the grandstands 
on July the 17th. That That's big. Obviously, the Battle at Berlin, the 251, used to be called the Rowdy 251 because Kyle Busch showed up every single year. Don't know if Kyle will be here this year or not. I doubt it. Uh, he's pretty much ended his um, his uh, template race car program, to the best of my knowledge, so I don't think he'll be here, but other big names across the country will. Uh, that's coming up in August. We've got three sprint car shows, two non-wing, one wing. We've got two outlaw late model shows. The traveling series will be coming into town. We run super late models most every Saturday night. Some of the best super late models in the country, including Evan Shotko, including Boris Yurkovich, including uh, Brian Campbell. Those guys are running for a Berlin championship, and they could compete anywhere in the country and do. Uh, Carson Hosevar will make a, a couple of time appearance at Berlin, the first one being on June the 9th in his super late model. So BerlinRaceway.com or find us on Facebook at Berlin Raceway or, or search Berlin Raceway has all of the information. Our ticket prices are more than fair. Our food is fantastic. The price is more than fair. And I think when you get there, you're going to see a facility well, you saw what Kenny Wallace said about it. His comment was, quote, this is the best short track in the country. High praise from Kenny Wallace. And we all know that if Kenny doesn't like something, he'll tell you. And if Kenny does like something, he'll tell you. True. And so, you know, high praise from Kenny Wallace. And I think people just need to, especially in the state of Michigan, they need to experience one of the best short tracks in the country. Well, Jeff, so not to put you on the spot, so this will be yeah. something we can put a pin in uh, and talk about over over the next couple of weeks or, or whatever, but you said you brought radio to, the, to Berlin. Uh, I think it's time you bring a podcast to Berlin. Let's set something up to where it's a night you're going to be there. I'll make the trip. I'll get a hotel room for the night. Let's, let's, let's have some fun. Let's get the Lap Traffic Podcast out to Berlin. Let's do it. Anytime I will work with you off air on my schedule simply because I'm just not there sure. very often. Yes. I want to be there when you're there. Um, I will tell, you know, everybody I will be there this Saturday night. I finally I've been on the road. I think we've been seven weeks on the road. I've missed every single show so far. I'll be at Berlin this Saturday night. Um, we go racing at four. And then on Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day weekend, we go back to our nighttime, summertime, start time at 630. I'll be there on Memorial Day weekend. We've got fireworks, a great big show. And then I'm going to be there most of the month of July. So, um, you know, I invite people to come out. Dave Moody's going to make an appearance out there probably in August. More on that later. So, I mean, there's just all kinds of cool things going out there on out there. Family atmosphere, perfect restrooms. Come on out. End of story. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk Berlin. Absolutely, man. Thank you for talking about that. That was great. I love doing some different stuff. That was awesome. Um, you mentioned, all right, before we get to NASCAR, one more uh, side uh, 
turn here. Uh, you mentioned Moody. Uh, I, I think I still need to get Moody on, but uh, you know the the list of MRN uh, guests on the show: Alex Hayden, Woody Kane, had the Bagman on a couple weeks ago. Jeff, thanks for uh, uh, getting me in contact with, with some of these guys over the last couple years to uh, to add to give you a break, really, so that I'm not hounding <laughs> you. Uh, you know, we're spreading it around the MRN uh, roundtable there, which has been awesome. I've enjoyed it and. Uh, I, I, I love it, man. I do it every week. I don't know that your fans want to listen to me every week. Um, diversity is good. <laughs> I will tell you that Bagman left uh, the, the monster, got the best of the Bagman. Uh, he has no voice oh, um, no. <laughs> at all. So Bagman is down and out today. Um, obviously Alex Hayden's just a great dude. He's, uh, all those guys are best friends. And I mean that sincerely. I think everybody recognizes that we work together every week. We see each other more than we see our family. Sure. It's sad, but true. Um, we all got together and went down, uh, Bagman took us. He grew up in, in Milford, Delaware, which is quick side note, just, 20 minutes from the racetrack and it's where his parents raised him, brought him to the racetrack. And he was excited. We had time. Rarely do we have time, but we had it on Saturday. And so we all went, um, over to the beach and the boardwalk and what a great time we had. Uh, our engineer, Steve Fridley went Alex Hayden, Mike and I, and, you know, we just enjoy hanging out. I know they're great guys. They're great on podcasts. They're great on radio. And, you know, they're always going to be there to support you. Woody Kane, of course, is the host of the NASCAR Live pre-race show. So you've got some good people to work with, and I'm glad they're working with you. Yes, I, I can't thank you enough, man. It's awesome. All right. Let's talk a little NASCAR, Jeff. We're halfway through the regular season, which is crazy to think. Uh, we talked about it at the top of the show. You know, so many different topics that we could do an hour each on. But, man, here we are 13 races in halfway through. What are just some thoughts that have just randomly pop into your head, whether it's what you expected, didn't expect, surprises? You know, wh where are you at halfway through this regular season? All right, off the top of my head, let's count it here. Kevin Harvick with nine wins a year ago. Denny Hamlin with seven. Uh, Chase Elliott with five. Add those up for me. Then add one more for Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, and darn it, who's the one I'm missing? There's one more. Um, maybe it was Kurt Busch. Is it uh, Kurt Busch? Yeah, I think so. That's That's 23 right there. All right. I thought the number was a grand total of 24, but I trust yep. your math and not mine. 23 wins from a year ago from drivers who have none so far. I mean, if you want to start with what I think is the big story, that's it. Kevin Harvick is winless. Denny Hamlin, who has really been very, very good. I mean, Kevin Harvick has been very good. I said it on the radio yesterday. Um, Kevin Harvick is running fifth. And I said, you know, Alex, let's take a look at drivers that are good, not great. Kevin Harvick, good, not great. You know, people are probably thinking, well, man, you're being a little hard on Harvick. He's been running fifth all day. You're right. He has. Very, you know, that's good. That's really good. The problem is in order to be 
up front running with those Hendrick Chevrolets, you had to be great. And quite honestly, Harvick wasn't. When you go back to Darlington, you can look at Harvick, who was running fifth. And I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm, I'm trying to show how difficult the competition is. Truex was great. Nobody else was. Kyle Larson got great right there at the end, no doubt, and almost stole that win. But when you look at like a Harvick who was fourth, fifth, sixth at the time, you're going, yeah, you know what? That's good. That's really good. But if you're going to contend for a win, you've got to be great. Look at what we saw yesterday. So, you know, I think when you look at Chase Elliott, you look at Denny Hamlin, you look at Harvick, you look at those guys that all had individual. Austin Dillon was the other one. Austin yes. Dillon, oh, Cole yeah. Custer. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, those guys are those guys are only good right now. We thought Chase Elliott was going to be great yesterday, and realistically, he was. He just wasn't as great as a teammate. But they're lacking wins. They're lacking consistency of getting wins like they had a year ago. And I'm talking now about the three, Chase, Denny, and Kevin. So I think when you take a look at what is the big story through the first half, first 13 races of the season, we're halfway through the regular season, like you said, I think you got to look at the drivers without a victory. Absolutely. You know, and I, as, as you, as you were talking to us there a little bit, you know, I went back and I, I went to racing reference just for a couple stats, just to kind of piggyback off with you there, you know? Um, and the, I would say the big difference when we talk about Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin dominant last year, not as dominant this year from the win column, but Denny Hamlin's been yeah. closer than Kevin Harvick. Denny Hamlin has already led 751 laps this year to Kevin Harvick's 39. Like yeah. that's, you know, and you when you say Kevin Harvick's running good, yeah, that's good. That's not Kevin Harvick great that we're used to seeing. You know, Denny Hamlin with a couple more top twos and top threes versus Kevin Harvick's top four, top fives. You know, when we're talking about wins over these first 13 races, we've talked about Denny Hamlin being in contention a lot more than we have Kevin Harvick this year. Absolutely. And I think your stat about laps led, and I'm not sitting in front of a stat book or anything. So everything's going to be off my, off the top of my head. I think, you know, when you just mentioned 37 for Harvick, if you were able to go back and look at the laps led through the first 13 races of 2020, you would see a monster number in the 500 range would be my guess. At least. Maybe more compared to 37 for this year. And by the way, 17, this is off that my head, but I know the fact because we've looked it up and we've talked about it. 17 of those 37 laps came at Daytona in February. Yep. I mean, so from February on, he's led 20 laps. Yeah. God, that just doesn't crazy. sound like Kevin Harvick to no. me. So, nope. <laughs> you know, and you look at the entire organization, they just seem to be missing. Well, obviously they're missing something. Yes. I mean, we know that. Yeah. What it is, we don't know. Obviously what it is, they don't know, or they'd fix it. Um, Eric Almarola has been, not very good this year. We all get it. I'm not picking on Eric. Love Eric. He had a good car yesterday, right up until he tried to knock down the turn four wall when he cut down a tire. Hated that because that was going to be his best run of the year. Yep. Um, Cole Custer has done nothing so far. Chase Briscoe is learning just how difficult 
big-time cup racing is. He's done nothing so far, but I also mm-hmm. cut him a lot of slack because he's a rookie. Yeah, you got um, rookie, you know, you got your freshman, sophomore that are still, exactly. you know, trying to learn, you know, and it's not like you can't learn from Eric, right? Eric's a veteran in the sport, not the success that Kevin Harvick has. Kevin Harvick obviously has a ton of, of other obligations outside of the track with family, son racing, sponsors, and then, oh, by the way, still racing. And, and it's like, all right, without the practices at the track, you know, I wonder, you know, I would imagine no practice uh, and qualifying is obviously, you know, a, a, a hurting Briscoe and Cole Custer with Kevin Harvick and Eric Almirola at the track being able to lean on and say, hey, you know, what are you doing out there in turn two at at Michigan or what are you doing at turn four at at Bristol? You know, they're not getting that uh, leadership that you would normally get from your veterans in the garage. Let me give you a glaring stat before we move on. And this just kind of pops into my head. Team Penske. All three of their four drivers have qualified for the playoffs. All three. Whole organization is in. Joe Gibbs, his Toyotas, three of the four Toyotas have already qualified. The only one outside looking in right now is Denny Hamlin. Jump over to the Hendrick Chevrolets. Three of those four Chevrolets have already qualified. The only one that's outside looking in is Chase Elliott. Now jump over to the other big team, and that is Stuart Haas Racing. None of their four drivers have qualified for the playoffs. So you got three out of three, uh, three out of four, and three out of four, and then you get over to the other team and they're 0 for 4. So there's something there's something to miss there. They'll figure it out. They've got a lot of talent, good engineers, good people, good leadership. They're missing something. They're scratching and clawing, trying to find it. Sooner or later they will, and we'll no longer be talking about this, uh, you know, because we're in a transition here to Chevrolet at some point, and the whole the whole thought here is there's always going to be a time when you're not on top of the sport. It just happens that way. But they'll be back, and they'll be just as strong as what they were in years previous. Absolutely. I'm with you there. Uh, let's talk about Dover for a minute here, and then we can get back into some random stuff. Uh, so I, I want to get your thoughts on Dover. And, Jeff, you know me. I love good storylines, and I love the fact, you know, Jimmy Johnson's last win at Dover back in 2017. I love yeah. the fact that the first race that Jimmy Johnson isn't in a car at Dover, the 48s back in victory lane with Alex Bowman. Uh, just, you know, I, I'm sure Jimmy was bummed, but also ecstatic as all hell last y- yesterday afternoon. Um, watching or when he saw it, I'm not sure when they were doing their kind of stuff with Indy and all that, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's a massive step in, in the right direction for that organization that they've made since probably about this way, halfway through the regular season last year, when we saw that organization really, really kick it up a notch. And that's why they won't stop working hard at Stuart Haas because you're exactly right. Um, Last year at this time, we were talking about Hendrick Chevrolets like we're talking about Stuart Haas Fords going, what's wrong with them? Why aren't they winning? Why can't they lead laps? Where's Alex Bowman? How come William Byron hasn't showcased his talent? Everybody keeps saying he's good, but he hasn't proven it. Um, who are we missing? Kyle, you know, obviously Kyle Larson coming on at the end of the season. 
but you know Chase Elliott hasn't won 25 times. And we're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And you're talking about a top flight marquee organization. They'll figure it out, and when they do, look out. When Joe Gibbs is down, when they figure it out, look out. Team Penske, SHR, when they figure it out, look out. And obviously, I think we'll both agree that they've got it figured out. They are winning races, and what they did at Dover was just flat dominate everybody. It was only going to come down to which Hendrick Chevrolet was going to win. And they, I thought it was very polite of them to pass the torch to each driver, giving everybody an opportunity to get up there and lead laps and try to pull off the win. We saw Byron lead. We obviously saw Larson lead a ton. Uh, Chase Elliott was up there and led. And ultimately, at the end, maybe the guy, then the team that we least expected was going to pull the win out did um you know i think it if you would ask me around lap 300 you know put those guys in order i i probably would have had the 48 of bowman fourth sure and would have had the five car out front probably would have had the nine and then the 24 then the 48 um but it was also very interesting to see how one car was good on the short run. The other, you know, another teammate was a little better on a long run. So while they were quote unquote identically prepared, they didn't run that way on the racetrack, but they ran good enough to beat every other organization in the garage. Yeah. No, man, spot on there, you know, and, and I, I, I wonder how we'll look back at this moment a couple years from now, because if we would have asked each other last year, hey, uh, next year, 2021, halfway through the regular season, there's only going to be two drivers with more than one victory. Who will they be? And we could have come up with Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, you know, the, the usual suspects. Right. And, and here we are in the present and our only two drivers with multiple wins are Martin Truex. Okay, cool. I, I, I'd have believed you with that one and Alex Bowman. And I would have given you a tilted head, confused dog look like, huh? If, if you had told me that. And I wonder if five years from now, if we look back and, and we laugh at ourselves for having that thought, like, well, yeah, obviously Alex Bowman was going to be doing that kind of stuff. You know, we're just not there in the present in that being the norm yet. But I really wonder if that's going to become the norm. If you only had a crystal ball, <laughs> right? Yes. Because, you know, Jimmy Johnson will tell you, Jeff Gordon will tell you, and you've heard this from, all kinds of race car drivers celebrate every victory as though it will be your last because you just don't know when it will happen. Daryl Waltrip, you know, didn't know when his last win was going to come. Jeff Gordon, you know, darn well, wasn't sure that that win at Martinsville was going to happen. He didn't know that when number 93 was actually out there, I think there was times when, He probably felt like the number for Gordon was going to be 92 and not 93. Um, Is Bowman going to be a two-time champion in five years? I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Nobody knows. There are people out there right now going, no way. He's not going to, that are listening to us. And there are probably some others going, yeah, I actually think he might be. We don't know. Um, 
if it turns out that, you know, he wins one more race in his career, we'll look back and go, boy, that was a crazy time right there when it looked like he was going to catch fire and then he didn't. Or we're going to look back at that moment and go, that's when his career changed and he became the one of the elite top NASCAR drivers racing today. We'll find out over the course of this year and into next year and into the following year. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. I love, you know, and you and I have talked about this at length, um, you know, in terms of just the changing of the guard and, and the passing of the torches to, to some of these new talent, uh, exciting, uh, you know, guys you can get behind, whether you it's it's Chase Elliott, whether it's, it's Alex Bowman, William Byron, whether it is Chase Briscoe, Cole Custer, who, you know, we expect to see big things from or t- a Tyler Reddick. There are so many guys that have and are developing some of the personalities that we've all grown to love, whether it's a Gordon, a Stewart, a Jimmy Johnson, a, a Kyle Bush, you know, there, there will always be new personalities and, and all that, that we can rally behind. And, and I've, I've loved every second of it and, and, and seeing the transition from when I first started getting into the sport in the early two thousands uh, to, to just being a, a super fan to a podcaster. And, and it's just been a hell of a ride to watch this. And I, I mean, I'm ecstatic for, for what's to come. That's for sure. You know, one of the things that would be fun to do, and and I only do this because there are times when when you feel like you, you stick your neck out and you stay true to it, and watching William Byron, if we go back into some of those previous 15 times that you and I have spoken, I always said William Byron is going to be a superstar. Yes. And then there were times when you and I would talk about it and we would say, or I would say something like, I feel like he's going to be a superstar. I don't know why this hasn't happened yet. I think this kid's got all the talent in the world. I see something in William Byron that I don't see in other drivers, but yet it, it never happened. It just never clicked. And now it's starting to click. And now I'm starting to feel good about standing on that branch (laughs) and calling out his name. Yeah, I mean, he now, do you realize he has 11 straight top 10 finishes and that now eclipses Jeff Gordon's record for that organization? It is now the longest top 10 streak for Hendrick Motorsports belongs to not Gordon, not Bodine, not uh, Dale Jr., uh, not Chase Elliott. It belongs to William Byron. This kid, I really, I'm going to continue to to preach because I've always felt he was going to be a superstar. And now he's starting to show people that he might just be a superstar before his career is all set and done. Well, you know, to, to just add to that and, and to make you feel even more comfortable with that, if not that you need it, but, you know, this was, uh, I believe, Hendrick Motorsports' first ever one, two, three, four finish. And that, Correct. Did, that didn't happen with Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, and Dale Jr., or, uh, uh, Casey Kane, and uh, Kyle But you know. That's who you maybe would have expected that to have happened with. and But look who it did and what that organization, like you said a little bit ago, you know, not every organization's on top their, you know, their entire existence. There's there's the roller coaster effect, right? And man, they are they're going up and is, you know, how high. But man, it's 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 been fun to watch the 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 rebuild or the not rebuild, but the the redevelopment of that organization. 
I haven't done the research, and I should have. Um, and I know that it's only ever happened four times in NASCAR history. Maybe you know it. Um, I know that I think it was Talladega that the SHR Fords finished one, two, three, four. And I believe the Joe Gibbs Toyotas have finished one, two, three, four. Other than that, and this being the third, and I don't know where the Gibbs Toyotas would have done it, but I do believe they've done it once, maybe twice, and maybe that is the the four times in history. But when I when I saw the the stat that it was the first time for Hendrick, I thought, are you kidding me? They've not done this before. Again, thinking what you just said, you know, Gordon and Johnson and Casey and Earnhardt and all the other great drivers that have been a part of that organization have never been able to do it. But yet Larson, Elliott, Bowman and Byron are able to accomplish something that legends hadn't done before them. So maybe that's yeah. an indication as to where this team is, is, is headed right now. Absolutely. Oh man. I love it. Um, all right. Next one for you, Jeff. Uh, yeah. all right. So we've got, and you tell me if you want to call it parody, uniqueness, uh, luck, whatever it may be. 10 winners through 13 races, all kick-started when McDowell won the 500, uh, you know, and, and when somebody like Michael McDowell gets to go out there, win the Daytona 500, uh, gives a little pep in the step to that team, obviously, and, and the teams like him, uh, it's great to see. Uh, at the plate tracks and the road courses. Some of these other teams take advantage of the style of racing, uh, stepping up and doing that, uh, you know, really showcasing the talent that sometimes I think gets overlooked by the casual fan just because, you know, they they aren't able to do that at the mile and a half as consistently as the Joe Gibbs and the HMSs are able to do. But doing it at the tracks that they have the ability to go out there and compete, um, you know, when, when we look at that, you know, uh, is it parody? Is it luck? You know, is it a little bit of both? You know, what, what's led? How about neither? neither? How about if okay. I stop you? All right. I'm going to stop you and I'm going to I'm going to tell you it's neither. Um, and this is going to have some listeners scratching their head. It's talent. All right, so let, let's break this down. Daniel Suarez just had a top 10 finish at Dover, correct? Yes. Correct. That's track house racing. Did they luck into a top 10 finish on the Monster Mile? Did they do a fuel run where nobody else did it? No, they did not. Um, did they do something that was not done by anybody else that was there? There's 36 other competitors. They do something different than everybody else? No, they did not. Did they luck into that race? No, they did not. Um, was it because of parity? I think if you were to say parity to Kevin Harvick, that might actually be an insult because right now you would pair Kevin Harvick to other winless drivers where Kevin Harvick would look at you and say, it's not parody. It's the fact that we're getting beat on the racetrack by teams that are bringing a better prepared car today to the racetrack. We'll get there. We'll have a better prepared race car when we figure out what's wrong with our car to make it better. And then you're going to put one of the most talented race car drivers. Look, look at it this way. If you think Kevin Harvick is, is, 
parody, and I know you didn't call him out by name. Look at it this way. Yeah. Um, if we go back to Darlington, pick any race, go back and look and see where Cole Custer, Eric Almarola, and rookie Chase Briscoe are running. Oftentimes they are running 21st, 23rd, and 29th. I'm making up numbers, and they could be better than that. And I'm again, I'm not picking on this team or organization. I'm not. But then where's the fourth driver in that? Kevin Harvick. Third, fourth, fifth. Okay, that is that is not parody. That's talent. Kevin Harvick is one of the most talented race car drivers in the garage by far. Maybe the most talented. What I'm trying to get at is you've got your three other cars running outside the top 20, and then you got Kevin Harvick running third, fourth, fifth. It's not like they're giving the other three junk right. and Kevin gets great equipment. They're getting basically the same stuff. What you're seeing there is the difference between one of the elite in NASCAR. Eric Almarola is very good in NASCAR, then compared to drivers that are either in their freshman or sophomore season. So I don't like to use the word parody. I like to use the word prepared or not prepared. Um and I, I really like to use the word talent rather than luck. We do see luck. We get it. We know that when a driver blows a right front tire and the driver is able, although it's talent, to keep it off the wall, maybe that driver doesn't hit the wall and he comes back, they replace the tire, they don't go a lap down, and that driver comes back and wins. We go, man, that was pretty lucky that he didn't hit the wall. Well, let's remember that the talent behind the the, the steering wheel kept that car off the wall, created his own luck, and then being prepared and talent shine through. All right, I know I took you way off base, no, but I just... Co- I love it. No, because I wasn't... I mean, that's... I, one of the reasons I love talking to you is because you, you give such fresh perspective. And, you know, when we see on social media, that's what we see, right? Parody. And, and luck, you know, those are the words that, you know, we, we see out there all the time and you just put a new twist and not even a twist you gave fresh light to that and and it's no here look at it from this perspective so that anyone listening to this might have a different view when we go to coda on 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 sunday and it's a brand new track that we've never raced at and we're going to be looking at the talent of guys and how prepared they are how many uh, whether it's their eye races that they're running uh to get familiar with the track and and the engineers and the crew chiefs and the car chiefs getting the setup you know it's it's you know it's not just talent from behind the steering wheel it's talent and knowing all right where are we going well you know the the banking the tire wear the tire count you know all this stuff there's talent in the garage and it's it's the talent overall that we see in terms of where that standing is that you know at the at at when the checkered flag drops we would blow right front tires at every single racetrack if we didn't have talent um, behind the scenes called engineers and car chiefs and Goodyear technicians and engineers because we would dial so much camber and caster into those right front tires that we'd blow them out and we'd stick drivers in harm's way and drive them into the fence. But the talent level to make sure that that car is functioning at 100% is done by a group of people that aren't lucky but they're highly talented. I'll give you one quick other thought. Um, Kevin Harvick has won 58 times. He is tied with Kyle Busch with 58. Kevin Harvick, I believe, has 59 runner-up finishes. How many people out there knew that? 59 times 
He's finished second. And I believe Kyle Bush, believe it or not, has finished second 56 times. What's my point? My point would be this. Would you say that every one of those times that Kevin Harvick won was lucky and every time that he finished second, somebody else was lucky? And I know you're not, Brandon. I, I know yeah, you're no. not. Yeah, but yeah. my point is this. Um, you don't get lucky and win 58 times, Kyle and Kevin, and you don't get unlucky and have somebody who was luckier beat you a hundred and whatever it is, 115 times. Nope, that's not luck. Somebody else just had a little bit more. They were, you know, look at, look at Kevin, look at the four Hendrick Chevrolets. It wasn't luck that gave Alex Bowman the win over his three teammates. It was the fact that at that point in that race on that long of a green flag run, that car was set up and prepared differently than his three teammates, and that made the difference between which one of those Hendrick Chevrolets was going to victory lane. And then you have to have an individual like Bowman, Larson, Elliott, and Byron with the kind of talent they have to get those cars up front and keep them up front all day long. So that's my two cents on that topic. Some will debate me on it, and I get it, and I understand it. And I think others may go, you know, never thought about it that way. That's I'm with you there. All right. Let's uh, let's wind her down here. Uh, we're headed to Coda. First time ever. What are you most excited about seeing with this? Do we have the usual road course guys up there? Do you see this track maybe playing to an advantage of maybe somebody else other than Chase or Martin Truex? Or, you know, do we do we assume Chase or Martin Truex this weekend? Well, I don't know. Let's ask Christopher Bell and see what he has to say about that. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, Christopher Bell was uh, stepping into a brand new ride and being put into a brand new position when he showcased his talent. He didn't get lucky. He's talented. I don't know. I think. Um, I think. So I'm. I'm off that. I'm off that soapbox. I'm not going back there. Don't worry, Brandon. Um, <laughs> You're good. <laughs> What do I think we're going to see? I think you're going to see cream rise to the top for sure. And if we're going to do that, then we have to look at Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr. to start with. Um, But the thing that has impressed me over the years, and I know you and I have talked about this on air and off, the talent that these guys have now on a road course is so much greater than what it was back in the quote unquote back in the day. Yeah. We now have simulators. These guys have been sitting behind the wheel uh, driving their race car on a simulator through Coda, lap after lap, minute, hour after hour, day after day, trying to prepare themselves for what they're going to experience when they get in their real car. So I don't know. I think I'm going to call this the, uh, you know, if you said, what do I expect? I'm going to say the great unknown. I think we've got. We don't know the track. We don't know the the situations that these cars are going to be in. I mean, this track was purpose-built for Formula One. It was not purpose-built for a great, big, heavy stock car to go up and down through the gearbox. They're going to be – will there be brake issues? Will there be rear-end issues? Will there be gearbox issues? Uh, Will there be driver fatigue? Um, I I don't know those things, so I'm going to say – Going in Dakota, what do we know? I think the thing that we know the most is we don't know anything, and that's what's going to make it fun to watch. I wish I was going to be there. It's uh, our friends at the Performance Racing Network. 
Uh, Doug Rice and his crew will be there, but I can tell you that I will be dialed in on the radio and twisted in on the TV to watch it all unfold. Absolutely. I am pumped. I can't wait to see this. Uh, Jeff, man. This has been fun. I love doing these kind of shows with you. You know, we just go off on tangents. Some of that was written down. Some wasn't follow-ups and all that good stuff. Uh, man, it was a blast. Uh, let's do this. Tell everybody, one, where they can follow you on social media, where they can follow Berlin Raceway, where they can get tickets and, and all that good stuff. Well, as far as Berlin Raceway goes, you can always get tickets uh, by going to the website, berlinraceway.com and you can follow everything that's going on with berlin day in day out on facebook just search berlin raceway um i'll uh, i'll give you some tickets if you want to give them away to your listeners uh, you can give away as many as you want to anybody in and around michigan ohio indiana uh, i've done it on my own social media and believe it or not i've had people come up from chicago i've had people come up out of indianapolis and i'm and i absolutely will roll out the red carpet for somebody so if you want to give away uh you know i don't care if you give away a dozen tickets feel free uh you know however you want to do that we'll put them on a will call list take care of them beautiful um and then social media it's just simply jeff striegel you know on facebook on twitter on instagram so uh yeah appreciate it i can't believe you're gonna tell me 60 minutes is up and we're done now aren't you well we, we are at 50 minutes and you know i've i got brian newdorf coming on who, who's good Fine. good 10 15 the fantasy segment like i we just i have i'm only on segment two of 14 for this show i understand <laughs> i'll let you go good grief oh. Oh, no, it's awesome spending time with you. Appreciate it. Appreciate everything you guys do. You know that you in particular, what you do for the sport, you stay in there, you keep digging, you go after good guests. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about your guest lineup that you have week in and week out. That's awesome. Um, you're always trying to keep the race fan in touch with things going on behind the scenes. And I applaud you for that. And I'll join you anytime. So have a great week, my friend, and we'll catch you up soon. Appreciate you, brother. We'll catch you later. All right, buddy. See ya. Well, at Travic Nation, this is now the 16th time I will have said this. Man, I love Jeff Striegel. Just so cool. Each time the conversation just gets better and better. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I love talking to Jeff. I love seeing Jeff. Cannot wait to see Jeff at the racetrack. And maybe first time this year might be Berlin. Uh, and hey, Jeff said it. Hey, you guys want to go to Berlin, you hit me up. If, if you're in the Michigan area, you're coming to the Michigan area, you want to go to Berlin, you Tweet at me, and I will make that happen, uh, which is pretty cool. And and I'll tweet about it throughout the season and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, hey, you want to go this weekend? Hit me up. Uh, and I'm going to leave it like that. I'm going to see who's listening at 57 minutes and 40 seconds. So if, if you want to go to Berlin and can get yourself to Berlin, uh, Jeff will have you covered. We'll, we'll, we'll get you to the race this weekend at Berlin. So uh, hit me up and, and stay tuned for, for some more stuff there. Uh, all right. As I mentioned, that's pretty much going to do it for the for the uh, the racing discussion. I didn't add any listener questions. Uh, you know, it's 16 times with Jeff. I knew we were going to go a little bit long there and there's still so much to do. Uh, so that said, uh, let's get into a little lap traffic social media. 
Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. That's where you can get all your fantasy standings and all that good stuff. Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast. YouTube, The Lap Traffic Podcast. TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, at Lap Traffic PC. Make sure you leave a review. If you've gotten this far into the show, you might as well leave a review wherever you're listening. Tell your friends they can listen on any podcast platform. A uh, couple things, side note here. So I put out a poll the other day. You know, where would you guys want to have some live interaction uh discord uh twitch uh twitter live and, and most of you guys said twitter live uh i think that's something that's coming down the road uh, you know and that would obviously be the easiest thing because that's where most of the followers are at and all that good stuff but definitely looking at trying to create ways to interact with you guys on a more live uh basis and all that good stuff so Hit me up. I'm always looking for new, innovative ways to keep things fresh with the show. Um, let's see what else we got. Speaking of, of social media type stuff, do you all see lap tra- old lap traffic intern Dan Ryan, who was on the show last week, sitting in the grandstands next to that guy dressed in a Kyle Busch fire suit. Dan Ryan there. Clint Boyer talked about him. That was freaking sweet. So I uh, hope you guys saw that. That was comical. Um, all right. Giveaways and all that good stuff. Let's see here. Um, we are less than 60 followers away from giving away the Clint Boyer diecast and lap traffic swag at 5,500 followers. All right. We got some new follower shout outs. Nick at Fingar underscore 316 NASCAR and WWE fan from New York. Hell yeah. I think we just became best friends. Uh, Lola at mom 22 lappies a chase elliott fan from toronto ontario matthew at matthew parish 2 from south carolina big nascar fan jackson at jackaroonie 1120 from hell michigan yes hell does exist in the state of michigan uh big hamlin bell rose mcdowell fan hey maybe you want to go to to uh, Berlin Raceway this weekend. Hit me up. Get you some tickets. Uh, let's see. Don't forget about the store on the website. Get yourself a t-shirt, all that good stuff. I've got free stickers and koozies. All you have to do, very simple, fill out the contact page on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, and I will get them out to you. All right. As I mentioned at the start of the show, I got a Valvoline prize pack winner, which I will announce at the end of the show, and I will do it at the end of the show because I said I will do it and announce the winner this evening, and I'm not quite at that time yet, so I can't announce that winner just yet. So that'll be at the end of the show. Uh, But also at the start of the show, I mentioned that uh, Angry Brew, new sponsor, rest of the year, go get yourself some Angry Brew. Uh, And I mentioned that they gave away, or they sent me so much stuff to give away. So on Twitter and on Instagram, right now, you can go enter to win a Spencer Boyd hat, an Angry Brew t-shirt, an Angry Brew mug, some Angry Brew coffee, a lap traffic t-shirt, a lap traffic mug, stickers, koozies, all that good stuff. It is a massive price pack. Go check it out both on Twitter and Instagram at Lap Traffic PC. Very simple. You just got to do some retweeting, sharing, and following and all that good stuff. And here's the thing. There's no catch to a number of followers. I'm giving it away next week, Tuesday on the show. So you got a week to go help spread word to go follow, uh, you know, Angry Bruce Spencer and me on those platforms, and a winner's going to be picked. So go check that out now. All right, that might be the longest 
uh, social media segment in history. So uh, let's press on. Let's let's get there's some silly season news. Yes, it's May in 2021, and we got some silly season. It's brief silly season, but news breaking today that Brad Keselowski has been offered some part of ownership in Roush Fenway Racing to change the name to Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing or something of the sort to drive the number six car and all that good stuff, which would mean Brad would be leaving Penske, which got me wondering, all right, if that is able to come to fruition uh, for the 2022 season, uh, does that mean Austin Sindrick bypasses what we all thought was going to be a move to the 21 seat with the Wood Brothers and then an eventual move to Penske in some form or another? Uh, does this mean that Austin Sindrick might just be coming to the number two car next year? Does this maybe give Matt DiBenedetto a, uh, a, a junior year? At Wood Brothers? Uh, I mean, those are the questions. We got tons of them uh, with no answers. So that's going to be something fun to keep an eye on uh, throughout the regular season because now that that's broke, you know questions are just going to come flying. uh, And that's going to be interesting to see how that's put off until they're ready to make their big announcement if there is an announcement to come down the road. So um, there's there's our little mini silly season news. So uh, let's keep pressing on. Uh, Let's get... Mr. Brian Newdorf on the line and see how lunch went with Aaron Studwell today. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, joining me on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN, along with Aaron Studwell at Race Weather. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, here to talk about some very exciting news that happened today. It's Mr. Brian Newdorf. It feels longer than two weeks. It does. It does feel like it's it's been a minute. Uh, How are you, man? I'm good. And yes, we have a story to tell. Yes. So let's get right into it. So uh, we'll we'll set the backstory with. Should I set should I set it up? Should I just take this? Go ahead. Rock and roll, dude. You're set. All right. So I will set it up. So first of all, all of you know, and and you have first of all, I want to thank you. And mostly I want to thank Aaron for getting me on the podcast because, you know, you didn't ask me. So um... no, that's not true. I did. (laughs) I did. I did. For like an entire, I mean, and I always felt like I feel like I'm always stepping on Aaron's toes here. But uh, somehow I got, you know, I came in to help when Aaron took a leave. I was the replacement for temporary, and I've got now I got a, a, a rotating spot, so I'm I'm blessed. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> but course. for those who don't know, Aaron and I initially when when we both started doing race weather. We were kind of com- com- competitors, okay? We were. I mean, and I didn't know he was out there. He didn't know I was out there. And then when we would tweet, yeah, we would disagree sometimes and I think probably call each other names on Twitter because the last thing we wanted to do was lose followers. We wanted to be the guy, right? Sure, sure. So, but then later on, I think we both came to a realization that, you know, we are the people people are going to. Let's work on this together. Plus, in the end, it helps each other out because two eyes are better than one. And two brains are better than one, especially on a forecast, because we see things differently. So in about around the time, I would definitely say it was around the the big, you know, Monday night Daytona 500, uh, 2011, 2012, we we really kind of started to to team up and talk. And so that kind of developed this partnership that has been race weather. We've, We've been individual, but we've been working together. We talk on the forecast. We retweet each other. So that partnership kind of came out of that. And for that last, you know, that's, you know, we're looking at 10 years, if not more, that we've known each other and been friends, but we've never physically met each other. We've talked on the phone many, many times. We consider each other best friends. 
but never had actually met each other until today. We, he, uh, cause I mean, I was in Idaho, he was out in either Houston and then Oklahoma. And now he finally, he's coming back East and, um, he has family in the area of Kentucky and Cincinnati. And so he went to see family and, uh, we, uh, managed to find a halfway point. I think it's a little bit more closer to where he was, but I didn't mind the drive. We met in Frankfurt, had a really nice lunch and it was just really cool. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, we, I knew what he looked like and stuff like that, but it was still, you know. And it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad, you know, blind date. If anybody, somebody said that on Twitter, you know, it was like a, better than, you know, no, uh, it was, it was a good time. It was good to talk with him. And, and, you know, and the nice thing is, is he's going to be further closer to both of us. So we were already talking about, you know, the three of us, which yes. some people, some people said, poor you. And I said, you know, at least it's not the three of us because of the nonsense. And I, they took, they took that as a, they took that as like a negative towards you. I'm just thinking, no, that's going to be the negative of anybody around the three of us. That's, that's just, you know, they that's don't, they don't understand be. what that's, they don't understand what happens when the three of us get together. Right. Oh, the humanity. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, it seems interesting. It's kind of a, it may not be that big of a deal, but for anybody who's been following us, what a thought my goodness, you two should have met a long time ago. Right. Yeah. There's just but like our, that assumption. Like there's no way you could interact that well on social media without having met previously. So there's, I could definitely see where people would have that thought process. So that is so or, cool. You know, we get to races, but we haven't, I haven't been to a race in a very long time and I know, and he hasn't been able to get out. And so, and like races that, you know, and you know how things are, you've got Michigan and we probably were at Michigan races at the same time, but we didn't know each exactly. other. Exactly. Yes. 100%. You know, so, you know, and he's finally going to Watkins Glen, I hear soon. And I, but I, I've been there many times. I've been to Michigan, but I would go to Vegas, but none of you guys were heading out to Vegas. So, you know, yeah. nobody, you know, so now that we're closer, but it was a, it was a good time, had a nice talk. I'm, I'm proud of what his business is doing. And, uh, you know, what a weekend, you know, and actually the forecast was pretty good. People still wanted to challenge us. I will say I've been, I don't know if it's just because I've been in, inactive on social media. And I'll tell the, tell everybody, it, it's not because I don't want to be on, but I feel like, I figure if there's nothing to talk about, there's already enough noise. I'm not going to add to it. Sure, sure. I'll add to it when there's something worth talking about, like rain. Uh, and when there's no rain, I go quiet. That's like a when, good thing. I like think, when the commentators try to pick out a cloud and say it's going to rain. Yes, yes. I, I texted Aaron during this week's race, and everybody remembers at the end of the race. And I love. First of all, I grew up a Gordon fan. Okay, so I definitely like. I like Jeff. I like Clint Boyer. I think those are. I think that pairing. I love that pairing now. That's if, if I had. A, it's great. You know, it really is. It's good. great. But let's rewind back to when I started NASCAR Weatherman uh, on in 2008, and it was these kind of reasons that got me started. It was like DW talking about the radar or saying oh the, the it looks dark over there it's gonna rain anytime and i would just get on like a radar app at the time and they these weren't even apps and stuff like i don't think i even had a cell phone yet and i'm just like okay well um no it's gonna miss the track you know but i started sending that information out and that's kind of this that's because of those comments and i've also joked too it's like and I'm okay. I'm exaggerating. All right. I'm going to exaggerate here, but it feels like this sometimes like when Aaron and I are like, well, it is raining. It is going to rain. And like you, you're watching Fox and it's raining out there and they're literally in a rain delay. And they're like, oh, we're going to go racing any second now. <laughs> you know, it's not raining here. And like, let's take a look. You're in the rain delay. They're saying it's not raining here. They go down to pit road and the poor guy is just getting drenched. Yeah. Not, a, not a single drop. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it feels like that. 
and you know, but and then we're like, yeah, it's gonna rain. It's gonna rain for the next blah blah blah. No, no, no rain. And then so then when I'm like tweeting, hey, there's some showers about seven miles. They're gonna miss. No problem. And you got the com- commentators on television. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna rain any time now. Man, they're just like working against us. But I right. get it. It's drama. Yeah, they no. gotta keep the ratings going. Absolutely. Um, well, listen. Uh, let's see. We had a, a pretty decent race this weekend at Dover. One, two, three, four finish for uh, HMS. Uh, did you take any of it in this weekend? I took the near the end. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, the forty eight getting back. Uh, speaking of that, I mean, I, I tried. To, I couldn't. I didn't know what car he was driving, so uh, I had only heard a few things about the Grand Prix at Indy. And I know Jimmy was in that. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. Segwaying back to Jimmy Johnson, even though he's not even in the sport anymore. But um, the funny thing is, I mean, they 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 went back to Jimmy. Because the 48 won. So, you know, hey. So, you know, the 48 won. And, of course, the Grand Prix. And I saw updates on Twitter about Jimmy Johnson. But, I mean, that was kind of a cool story to see that, you know, getting that back up there. And so, yeah. I mean, I watched it, but I wasn't blown away. Sure. No, I'm with uh, you. you know, I'm with you. I, uh, you I know, love the fact that it was, you know, uh, and I talked about this with Striegel earlier. You know, last time Jimmy won was in the 48 at Dover. The first race with Jimmy not racing at Dover. 48's back in victory lane. Uh, you and that's know. cool. Yeah, that's, and I love you know those what? kind and of storylines. Those are great. And the good news is none of the cars failed post-race drug test. So, you know, <laughs> so the, so Bob Banff doesn't have to. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm in derby country down here. I just thought that, I, I'm sorry. That was a joke that just seemed to lay itself out there real well. Uh, so, uh, yeah. All right, man. We are headed to uh, Coda, Circuit of the America this weekend. What are we looking like? Uh, we got a double well, header I mean, Saturday. Since it's, the circuit, race since it's Sunday? the circuit, yeah, since it's the circuit of the America, the good news is it means rain tires. Aha, yes. So as long as there's no lightning, they Ooh, can still race. We're now, racing regardless. Yes. So um, the odds are going to be obviously a lot higher, but lightning is a possibility. I think more so Saturday, as of right now. I definitely think it's Texas, it's May. Right now, they're getting hammered in that area. They have had severe weather, and they're going to be on the edge of this massive high pressure. So for likes of you and me are going to get hot. Good news for you, and believe it or not, it's going to go against you completely. It's not going to snow, despite your luck. Excellent. It's actually going to heat up. It was so beautiful this weekend. It's not even funny. It's been beautiful. But it's going to heat up here. It's going to it's going to heat up here in the eastern part of the United States. But Texas is going to be right on the edge, which is never good. It's kind of like this ring of fire that you get around ridges of high pressure. And so the possibility, I mean, it is Texas, you know, it's May. Rain is definitely in thunderstorms. That's the biggest concern will be thunderstorms. We're too far out for any impacts potentially for severe weather, but you know we'll be monitoring it and watching it. Now, the only downside for me is uh, I'm going to have to lean a little bit more on Aaron this week, and I will do my updates, but I'm going to be working midnight shifts. <laughs> a lot of the time of the weekend, I will be asleep during Fair most enough. of the day. Fair enough. But um, g- generally speaking, um, that's the biggest thing we need to watch. So I'm not going to give any odds because obviously rain tires really throw that out. And of course, the eight mile uh, rate, the, the eight mile radius of lightning is going to be something that needs to be watched. So with that all in mind, I obviously think racing is not a concern except for lightning. And that is a potential both on Saturday, higher chances right now of rain on Saturday versus on Sunday. But again, the key thing will be um, lightning. Now, here's the big difference. 
the rain that came in over Dover never rained, but it was within that eight mile radius. It was seven point. I had the rain about seven and a half to seven point eight miles away from the track today, but there was no lightning. So the race could go on. So you do run the risk that if lightning gets within the track and then there's lightning, that's a 30 minute delay. Guaranteed. So no even, questions even, asked. Even, even if it's not raining. So please be mindful of that. I see this a lot of times on the on the social media webs that, you know, it's not raining. Why aren't they racing? They got rain tires. Why aren't they racing? It's lightning. It's safety. That's going to, I think, in my opinion, and of course, we can't, We that's definitely something that we cannot forecast as meteorologists within that eight miles. Will there be lightning? So the, the potential is always there with thunderstorms. So you got to be prepared for that. Excellent. All right. Well, Fingers crossed. It's, I mean, it's just going to be exciting. We're going someplace new and all that good stuff. Listen, man, I'm so glad you and Aaron were able to get together. Uh, that, that's awesome. I hope that happens more often than not uh, with you guys and the three of us. And you too. Together. We want to yes. get. You know, you're not. You're not that far either. Yes. No. Not anymore. So yes, uh, we'll, we'll definitely make something happen at some point in time. Lap Traffic Nation. Make sure you follow uh, Brian on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN and follow. Aaron Studwell at Race Weather. Sir, it was great to catch up with you. Uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple weeks. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. We'll see ya. Bye-bye. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, great to catch up with Mr. Brian Newdorf. Uh, let's get into this week's Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. You guys know the drill. Tweet your picks or call the Waver On Hotline. We need some fresh blood on the Waver On Hotline. 248-965-9538. Leave your picks there, and I'll play them back on the show. My Lucky Dog is HMS, as well as my Lap Traffic Fantasy Picks, and I'll get to why next segment lap down Stuart house racing uh i think that's pretty self-explanatory let's get to your tweeted responses scott at 1985 wagner's lucky dog team hendrick domination lap down eric almarola for uh the season and uh, also martin Truex jr uh lead to lap down jeff at jbeff 1789 lucky dog how about my guy bowman win number two i feel the breakout season is coming so so stoked uh let's get the contract done at team hendrick lap down when the 48 wins we have no lap downs i like that jeff brian at storm and b81 lucky dog hendrick motorsports one two three four lap down martin Truex jr l O L. Uh, Jess at Iowa NASCAR fans, a lucky dog HMS one through four. What a ass kicking lap down. JGR had a rough day. All the hype about Truex this week. He laid an egg. Uh, Rowdy at the Rowdy Dragons. Lucky dog Hendrick. Enough said. Lap down the 10 car of Eric Almarola. Finally puts together a decent run until it wasn't. Uh, David at D Flint 14's lucky dog Rick Hendrick. At Chad Canals, all of Team Hendrick, enough said. Lap down, Eric Almarola. God uh, must like Gauntly Brand Bacon instead. What does that team have to do? That is funny. Mark at MLUDS20, lucky dog. My LT fantasy picks went two for two, picked both winners for the weekend. That's a first. Plus, at Team Hendrick, sweeping the top four. Lap down at Stenhouse Jr., causing another wreck. That does seem to happen a little more as of late, doesn't it? Uh, all right. Those are your tweeted responses. Let's get to your calls on the Wave Around Hotline. Hi, Brandon. It's Matt at Camp and Newsnet calling from the Monster Mile in Dover. 
And, uh, oh, my goodness, I just had an absolute incredible day down here. Uh, you know, I it was well worth the wait. You know, last year was a bust because of COVID. And finally, you know, after a year and a half, and the coincidence is last race I went to was in the playoffs here at Dover back in October 2019. Finally back at the track and just great to be able to hear the sound of the roaring cars going around the track and just have an absolute incredible time today. It really was incredible to be back. And as I call it, one of my home away from home is being at the track, being the Cup Series. An absolutely incredible day. And, you know, um, Alex Bowman, you know, he that final pit stop at the end, I think, did it for him. The team absolutely worked on his score all day. He was up there, and he was able to get it done. He let, he was really dominant after that final pit stop and was able to come home with the win. Uh, they continue the legacy of Jimmy Johnson having the most wins, at least that I can recall here at Dover. Um, so, anyway, my lucky dog, I got three, obviously. First lucky dog is just being back at the track today. Uh, had an incredible time, as I said. Uh, second lucky dog, Alex Bowman. That final pit stop did it for him. And, you know, well-deserved win for Alex Bowman in his second win of the year. I honestly wasn't sure if Alex Bowman was going to be able to get more than one win this year. I honestly thought that. And, you know, it's well-deserved for Alex Bowman. I Hope things continue to turn around for uh, Alex Bowman and his team. And third lucky dog is going to go to Hendrick Motorsports. All four drivers finished one, two, three, and four. Alex Bowman and then I believe it was Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, and finally William Byron. Incredible day for HMS and well-deserved. And Hendrick Motorsports is just absolutely unstoppable here at Dover. So I have no lap counts this weekend. With that, of course, enjoy your week as always, Brandon, Last Traffic Nation, and I'll talk to you next weekend after the first ever race at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much, Brandon. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Can you all hear the excitement in Matt's voice? Man, I tell you what, I love getting calls from you guys when you're either at the track, leaving the track, whatever that may be, because uh, you just pumped up. You are amped up after 400, 500 miles of racing, hearing the cars, smelling the rubber, uh, and, and just having a good time in the stands. I love it. Uh, a, a lot of good points there, HMS and, and Bowman. You know, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, I, as I read the tweets uh, a minute or two ago, you know, all the HMS votes. It's one of those rare times when the winner doesn't take home that week's top lucky dog prize you know it's obviously going to hms with uh eight or nine votes there 10 votes whatever that may be bowman only only getting a couple single-handed ones there this week so that's that's crazy so uh matt look forward to your call next week after coda uh let's get to uh the next call on the wave around hotline what's going on left traffic nation voice of the wave around hotline calling it after dover victory edition as most people know, I'm an Alex Bowman fan as well as a Chase fan and just an all-around HMS fan. One, two, three, four. Four-pack right there. Love to see it. 
Lucky Dog has got to be HMS. Their first ever one, two, three, four finish. Cool as hell to see. Uh, and overall, I did think that that was a pretty good race that we saw. Stars again, as I kind of, you know, beat the dead horse. I like to watch drivers drive cars and struggle with the handling of cars, and we saw that at Dover. And a lot of times we do see that at Dover. I think Dover's a really great track. It's a, I encourage people to go to Dover and put it higher on your list. Uh, it's amazing watching the cars dive down into the corner and then come back out of the corner. There's no other track like that. Um, so that's just my little pitch to Dover there, one of my former home tracks. Uh, lap down of the race is going to go to my least favorite driver, James Dennis Allen Hamlin, uh, just to pick on him because I don't like him, so I'll just give him a, a lap down just because. I'm uh, very, very excited for Coda next week. I've been hoping NASCAR would one day get to Coda, and sure as shit, here we are next week. Inaugural race at Coda. Looking to hear Sirene next week at Coda. Oh, Mr. Andrew Canson calling the Sirene a little early. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, let's see. Yeah, racing is good. And I, I, I think you're right there in terms of uh, Dover. You know, maybe just be in middle on the list of, of bucket lists. And it does probably need to be a little higher up there. That's for sure. And uh, I did not realize that was HMS's first ever one, two, three, four. Could you imagine at one point? When that team had the likes of Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr., uh, you know, Casey Kane at some point, Kyle Busch uh, back in the day, like this was their first ever one, two, three, four with Alex Bowman, William Byron, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson. That is that's crazy. That that's awesome. I love that. All right. That's going to do it for this week's Lucky Dog Life Down segment. Keep the picks. I'm very excited to hear what you guys have to say next week. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. I'm really excited because it's time to crown the Segment 1 winner. But before we get to that, just a reminder to get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Uh, keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag lap or LT Fantasy. And this week at CODA, start Segment 2. So we've got 13 races plus the All-Star Race before we get to the playoffs. So we got a nice long segment ahead of us. But right now... Joining me on the line, he is the winner of the Segment 1 Lap Traffic Fantasy League. It is Fred LeClaire. Fred, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. You know, normally we have the uh, the week high winner, but hey, it was the end of the segment, so I figured we'd see if we'd get our segment winner on. So uh, congratulations on uh, on kicking ass uh, for, for most of Segment 1, man got lucky i tried a different strategy than i did last year yeah well listen you know i mean the gap did close a little bit but uh you know now it's a matter of of can you repeat and and keep those cumulative points going for the playoffs well you're already in the playoffs uh so that's that's pretty solid right there man i know that's nice to already know i'm in the playoffs i'm gonna try and keep it going but I got to change up some picks this time. Well, you know, now that you kind of have seen what everybody's strategy has been, uh, whether it's is when when picks are running low, uh, and, and Kyle Larson seemed to be the the uh, saving grace for a lot of people over these last few weeks. So yeah, there's definitely uh, some strategy as we get into this thing. Uh, what'd you think of the race in this past weekend at Dover? I thought it was good. Yeah, I was I, glad I to mean, see Hendrick Motorsports get a top top four finishing that's crazy you know i mean if if they 
They, they got something dialed in. Now they just need to get Chase Elliott in victory lane. I think that's going to happen this weekend at uh, Coda. It is. I was waiting. I was waiting. Oh, well, you know, so back to the, uh, the, the end of the segment here real quick. You know, I thought maybe I could make up some ground on you, but you and I had the same picks this past week. So I knew that wasn't going to happen, but uh, I had to play it safe because like you said, you know, it's an inevitability that I, I will fall. So I had to, I got to keep them cumulative points as heavy as possible. Oh, uh, that's what I did last year. I was all over the place and I said, Kyle Larson's going to have to be the one this year that get me the win, at least in one segment and then go from there. Yes. Yes. So, uh, let's recap our, uh, our standings here, uh, in first place, segment one winner, Fred LeClaire. Fred, now listen, you're getting a lap traffic trophy, uh, and some other swag that'll get mailed out at the end of the year. Uh, I, I mean that the trophy's pretty sweet, man. People have, have really liked that. So, uh, I hope you are looking forward to your, at least one trophy. I mean, there have been some people that have won two trophies. In, in in lap traffic in one year. So uh, you're at least getting one, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, I was glad to just win something. After the last year, I was like you. Couldn't get out of the bottom for most of the year. Yeah, you were right down there with me. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so Fred is our segment one winner with 1,210 points. Right behind Fred was John Entwinsel all the way in Australia. He came in at 1,200 even. Henry Fletcher in third with 1,195. I've wrapped out the top four with 1,188. Brad Carnes in fifth with 11.74. Michael at the Blind Spot Podcast in sixth with 11.63. Michael Mason in seventh with 11.61. Joshua Neal in eighth with 11.53. Pete Curvin in ninth with 11.48. And Jeff Beaven in tenth with 11.45. I mean, we're talking only 55 points, 60 points between first place and tenth. Uh, that's a matter of one good week, one bad week, uh, you know, in, in terms of a swing there. So I love the fact that everything has been knotted up and even if you go through the standings it's one point separating spots you know so really a couple good weeks couple bad weeks what i want to encourage people to do is is the points have reset and if you win segment two you're automatically in the playoffs and there is definitely enough time to get that cumulatives to where you could get into the top 16 if you're falling out so uh come back and play i'd say there's probably about I think when we first the, the the season first started, there was 125, 26 people that had signed up to play. And I would say there's probably a solid 75 to 80 each week that that still send in picks. So, uh, you know, now's the time. Come back. Come join us. Make it even more interesting for segment two. Uh, bonus points. Uh, Eddie Greer, John Etwinsold, both have four bonus points. Henry, John, the MOATF podcast, Scott Wagner, Tony LeBay all have three. And then there's a bunch of twos and a bunch of ones with the bonus points. I don't have any. Fred, do you have any bonus points earned? I think I got one just because of Kyle Larson. Nice, nice. Very nice. You know, I have been so close to week high. I've been off two points, three points. Like, I could have four or five, but uh, that's all right. I'll take my solid fourth place in segment one. That's the best I've ever done. I will take that all day. Uh, Let's see here, sir. You ready to make some picks? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, Lap Traffic Fantasy Players Segment 2 kicks off in the great state of Texas at Coda, a track where we have never run at. 
So we don't have any trends for Coda. So let's look at some other road courses, go from there. We all know Chase Elliott has been the road course king as of late. But do you use Chase right out of the gate in segment two? Same thing can be said for Martin Truex Jr. Do you want to burn through those picks in an unknown? I'm guessing a lot of players will. But for those looking for some other drivers, what about Joey Logano? He's got some top fives and top tens at the Roval and the Daytona Road Course. Kevin Harvick's got a couple top fives at uh, the Daytona Road Course and the Roval. Could the number four find his first trip to victory lane this weekend at Coda? What about Kurt Busch? He's got some solid finishes at road courses as well. Who wins at Coda? Who starts off segment too strong? We'll find out this weekend. But first, let's get to our picks. Fred, we'll start with you. Who is your pick for the Truck Series? I'm going to go with the number four, John Hunter Nemechek. Solid pick. I know that'll be a very, very popular pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Sheldon Creed, top two at both uh, Daytona Road Courses. Uh, you know, we'll see what that can do for me. Uh, over to the Xfinity Series doubleheader on Saturday, which is pretty sweet. Who are you going with? I'm going to probably have to go with Austin Sendrick just because he. I think he's the most dominant right now in the Xfinity most, on road courses. Most, I was going to say, most dominant the road courses for sure. All right. Who are you going with with the cup race on Sunday? Are you are you are you going to use a good one? You're going to save it. What's what's your strategy? Uh, I've won the first segment, so I figure I got to go for wins and get more bonus points, so I'm not hurting a little bit. I'm going to burn a pick right off and go with Chase Elliott. Look at that. I love it. I love the strategy call there, knowing that you're already a lock. That's fantastic. Uh, I am going to go safe and just someone that I think is going to get a solid top 10, top 12 finish maybe, maybe a bonus point here or there. Uh, I am going to go with Kurt Busch this weekend at the Roval. Yeah, that ain't a bad pick. I hope he does good. He needs some good runs going. He could use it. Ganassi could use it, absolutely. Uh, Well, man, listen, congrats again on the win. Thanks for calling in. Good luck in segment two, and uh, maybe we'll be talking to you down the road. All righty, thank you. Yep, take care, man. All right, before we close this thing out, congrats to Wendy Collins at Cupcake Lady 1313. You've won the Valvoline Prize Pack. Uh, I love what you talk about. You met your you met Mark Martin on your honeymoon. That's so cool. The wife and I are celebrating 10 years this year, so that one stuck out to me. So congrats. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, uh, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at laptrafficpc. Less than 60 to go for the big giveaway. Be on the lookout for a new uh, giveaway tonight with Angry Brew. And go check out Angry Brew, the new sponsor of Lap Traffic Podcast, the Angry Brew. Uh, go check them out. Thursday, Dustin Albino from jayski.com. We're going to talk all things Xfinity. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya.